I believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water, which gushed forth for the blood of Jesus, as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood and water, water which, which gushed forth, forth from the heart of Jesus, the fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. O blood, blood and water, which, which gushed gush forth, forth from the heart of Jesus, as the fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Have eternal. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. 
for the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins, those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father. I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. An atonement for our sins and, and those, those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have, have mercy, mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Atonement for our sins, those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. 
Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Amen. Amen. For over 25 years, the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore has been proud to be a faithful provider of Catholic books, gifts, and devotional items. Holy Family is now your source for First Communion dresses. We have over 15 styles of First Communion dresses to choose from, and along with the veils, they are all in stock. For a special experience, personalized fittings are available by calling the store. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hi, I'm Father Nathan Caswell. I'm a member of the Canons Regular of St. John Cantius. Catholic Radio is important because it reaches so many people who otherwise would not be exposed to the Gospel. I love whenever I am driving and I get into the reach of WSFI. Every time I'm edified, I'm built up, there's something that happens and between the words that are said on the radio and the Holy Spirit working within me, there's this connection made and I'm always brought closer to God. It's so valuable. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. 
This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Hello and welcome to this episode of Healing the Whole Person. And yes, you are listening to the wonderful WSFI at 88.5 FM. Welcome. I am your host today, Susie McGinn, and I'm sitting in today for Joan McHugh, our beloved host who unfortunately suffered a heart attack on Monday night and is now in cardiac ICU. So we uh, implore you to pray for her as we all have a host of people undergirding her in prayer and hope that she'll be back with us soon. But today we have a guest that some of you are going to be very familiar with, but uh, it, he's just going, we're going to hear a new aspect of his wonderful healing ministry, Father Robert Sears, and his topic today is on marriage. A little bit about Father Sears. He has a bio. I could spend the whole hour um, uh, on it, but I want to give you the highlights. He was born right here in the Midwest in Evanston, Illinois, on of all days, the Feast of Mary, Mother of the Society of Jesus. It was on April 22, 1934, and here he is, a Jesuit priest. What a, a wonderful day to be born for him. He was uh, schooled. Uh, mainly in the Midwest here and uh, make a Conception Parish in Highland Park and then high school at Loyola Academy. Yes. He entered the Jesuit novitiate in Milford, Ohio in 1953 and was ordained a priest in Munich on July 31, 1966. Father Bob is president, past president of ACT Heals, an association dedicated to bringing Jesus's healing to healthcare providers and their ministries. He is a former professor of theology at the Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago and the Institute of Pastoral Studies of Loyola University in Chicago. His emphasis is on the relationship of psychotherapy and theology. He is currently a spiritual director, a counselor, and writer on various aspects of healing. He gives workshops and retreats on faith development and healing, especially intergenerational healing. His articles and writings are available on his website, www.familytreehealing.com. Welcome, Father Bob. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm happy to be here. We're, we're continuing a series uh, on the healing aspects of the sacraments. The sacraments are basically the structure of the healing uh, and the growth, spiritual growth of the church. And so how to cooperate with them and how to really open up to receive the graces that they are giving to us. So today we're talking about marriage, as you mentioned, marriage and healing. And so <clears throat> this is a very important uh, sacrament in a sense it's of central importance for uh you know the church as a matter of fact the catholic catechism says you know that sacred scripture begins with creation of man and woman in the image and likeness of god and it includes in the book of revelations with the wedding feast of the lamb so marriage in a sense is the 
extension of God's Trinitarian family into humanity. And so it's a very important uh, sacrament, especially for the Church, that considers Mary as a sacrament, whereas other Christian denominations don't, don't necessarily consider it a sacrament, but it, it is something that really needs God's grace to fully live it. So that's what we're going to uh, con- you know, consider today and the implications of that. So we, we decided to do this uh, kind of as a question and answer <laughs> uh, proposal. Uh, and so we can just begin by that if the people have any questions. Susan, if you, if you have any questions or if uh, Rosemary has any questions, feel free to ask them. Well, I think in light of um, the problems with uh, marriage and the family today, this is a most important discussion. And um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, fortunately, you're you're sitting among here uh, uh, three women who have enjoyed very beautiful, holy marriages. God blessed us with with great husbands. Uh, two of us are widows, but uh, we we have many many years of fond memories and of the the love that God poured into our marriages. It just remember what that book that. Um, Father Bishop Sheen had three to get married, and that mm. was it's really true. Um, but um, please go on, Father, um, and and we'll um, we'll we'll cut in when we feel uh, <laughs> okay. right. Well, <clears throat> see, God said in the beginning that uh, <clears throat> male and female is going to create us in His own image. He's going to create them, male and female. So actually the image of God isn't just us as an individual. The image of God that God's giving us is community, the family. And uh, that's very important to realize because uh, the Trinity itself is a family. You have the Father, you have the Son, who's the offspring of the Father, and, and then you have the Holy Spirit. And so our family with the father and the mother and the child, who's the, uh, you know, the offspring of the parents, is an extension of the divine family. And if before sin, of course, that was uh, the intent of God, is that he wanted the kingdom on earth, that is the family of God in heaven, uh, he wanted that to be on earth, and we would be living out of God's love. And so... <clears throat> that is really God's original intention, so that marriage really was intended to be uh, an extension of God's love, one to the other, the other and the child, and then together be a, a wellspring of love for creation itself. But when sin happened, that really hit at the heart of that relationship, didn't it? Yes, that's what I wanted to ask you. How did original sin affect the sacrament of marriage? Because, it, you, you see, when, when, when Eve uh, fell and, and went along with the serpent deception, then she cut herself off from God. Now, Adam, at that point, they had lived for a time in the divine will, and so they were seeing God in each other. So that that love was so great that it does seem that Adam probably didn't want to leave 
Eve all by herself in making that decision. <laughs> and so he went along with Eve, and of course, if he had not and had stayed faithful to God, he could have perhaps been a, a an occasion for re, having, helping Eve to ask forgiveness and be restored. But uh, he didn't, and he went along with Eve. So for now, what happened in their relationship, you can see from the aftermath, is that they hid. Yes, they... And they hid because they were now... They saw themselves as naked. Mm -hmm. They didn't see themselves as naked before because it was God's love working through each one. They didn't have anything to be ashamed of. Right, right. But once God's love was no longer there, they really were empty inside. They were naked. And so they hid themselves. And God said, you know, where are you? You Where are you? Because you've done this, then you'll have the consequences. Now, what were the consequences? First of all, he asked Adam, what have you done? He said, the woman you gave me. Okay. (laughs) In other words, he passed the buck. (laughs) He made the decision, and he was the one that received the the command in the first place. We don't even know that Eve got it from God. It seems like Eve got it from Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Because Adam was the one that was told that if you do that, you would die. Well, she knew that that was true, but she got it once removed, you might say, from from the father. And so what uh, Adam did is blame Eve. You know, the woman you gave me, she, she gave it to me, and I ate. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what did she do? She blamed the snake. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so nobody's taking responsibility for themselves. And notice what happened in the relationship, because now they're cut off from God being the 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 center of their relationship and so they really don't trust one another that much so they've become you might say become a temptation for each other rather than a gift of god and what happens then then the woman clings to the man because she's not quite sure he's going to stick around (laughs) (laughs) and the man dominates the woman because he's not sure she's going to stick around either you know (laughs) The freedom and the the fidelity of the gift of love, which is God's very nature, is faithfulness in love, was taken away from them because of their separation from God. And then they made themselves, so to speak, they <clears throat> they separated from God, and then they made God in their image. And so they felt like they had to be good in order for God to love them. Now, we know that's a lie, too, because right. Jesus showed us that while well, we were still sinners, God was willing to sacrifice his own son for us. Right. So God loved them always, because God is love. He can't do anything else. So everything that we think is punishment for sin is really, from God's point of view, what has to happen for them to be restored. All that suffering has to be lived through in a loving way, as Jesus did on the cross, for them to be restored into trusting God's love totally. So that nothing that happens in our life, all the pain and all the things that come upon us because of the sin, actually, that uh, is for our transformation. Right. And it's for our restoration now with Jesus on the cross. So marriage is... That's very important, I think, to see that marriage is... uh, a spiritual way equal to celibacy. We used to, you know, say that we're a second-class citizen if you get married, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 
we'll realize now that no, that because when people marry, they go through a purging stage. At least that's my experience. I've, I do a lot of counseling with with the family systems and marriages and families, and that's what you see in the family is that they get disillusioned because I think when people marry, they often think we're going to live happily ever after. (laughs) And what happens is that the marriage itself triggers this original sin, the original cutoff from God's love. And so they begin to wonder if they really love the person that they marry. I've found this with a lot of of people. The, The relationship turns out to be very different from what they had dated each other to find, you know, that uh, dating and uh, courtship is one thing, but once you marry, you marry a family system. Well, that's and the beauty that's of a father, I think. All the unfinished business of your family of origin is going to be brought into your marriage. Right. But that not that the where I have found so much in my own life, the grace from the sacrament of marriage that raises us up above all those problems and gets us exactly. Gets That's us what through. throws you back onto God. Absolutely, it's. So I, if you didn't, if you didn't get married with that intention that this is a vocation, this is God's call on me, then <clears throat> you won't necessarily right away fall back onto God. No. And you'll try to solve it yourself, or you'll try to figure out why it, it isn't working the way you thought it would, or whatever. <clears throat> and I find that that's really a call to a deeper trust in God. Right. You know, um, somehow, somehow people have to really trust unconditionally that they're loved, or they can't un- they can't love unconditionally. Right. Right. You know, uh, I have a a very dear friend who's in my Bible study, and. Um, one of the things she said, I'll never forget, that she, when she prays for her grandchildren, she prays that they will marry men and women with whom they can pray extemporaneously. Not just wrote yes. prayers, not just memorized mm-hmm. prayers, but prayers from their hearts, hearts, from their hearts to the heart of God. And I think yes. when you do that, you're, you're really connecting the two of you with God. It is that that trinity, <laughs> that earthly trinity and, and divine trinity coming together. And yes. uh, it, it, I think it's just um, so powerful because it makes you so vulnerable and it really allows you to uh, rise above a lot of your, your problems uh, yes, because you yes. know each other's hearts before God. That's right. And in a sense, <coughs> too, there's... You know, we have to learn how to love one another, and the love of God is self-sacrificing. It's interesting that uh, Paul, in his writings, had two different positions about marriage. The first one in 1 Corinthians was that, you know, given the end times, etc., it would be better if they didn't marry, because if they marry, they're going to be trying to please their wife, and then they're going to be trying to please Jesus, and then they'll be divided. Right. Because maybe the desires of the wife aren't according to what Jesus wants, you know. So <clears throat> then they're going to be trying to negotiate that, that conflict or whatever. Whereas when he gets to Ephesians, and that that's, seems to be a, 
a spiritual growth in Paul, he has a very different view. He said in Ephesians 5, you know, that those that they should be loving their wives as Christ loved the church. Oh, I've got that open right in front of me, Father. That is just such a powerful verse. And I think we could almost stop there, you know, because, (laughs) I mean, really... uh, Well, you could. We could just meditate on that truth. You know, it's kind of like, wow. Yeah. Exactly. And that's really what the church uh, sees, is it because the beginning <clears throat> is what God intended in the first place, is that would be, that's the way they would relate to each other before they send. Yeah. And then the conclusion in Revelations, where the, Jesus is the husband of the whole church. So all of Jesus' work, we become one body with Jesus, which the, is what male and female become, one body. Right. The spotless bride. <laughs> and that, it's, and that's, so that's what we have to be restored to in order to really heal, because also it's very important, this from a family systems point of view, <clears throat> if the parents don't partner each other, so if they aren't one in spirit and in body and in emotions and in truth, if they don't kind of honor each other so much that they're willing to make the marriage the most important part of their life except apart from god then <clears throat> they they won't have things in right order and they won't be supporting each other and until they partner each other they can't love unconditionally mm, that's right Beautiful. one of one of the things that i found out because i had uh, mentioned this before i said in the womb i won't be a burden because my mother you know, was burdened with two. She didn't have a good relation to her mother, and so I must have picked that up, that I was going to be a, a straw that broke the camel's back or something. You know. <clears throat> and so I said I won't be a burden. Well, of course, when I try to solve the problem, I become the problem, because that's eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm not the solution. We can talk about what the solution is later, but <laughs> mm-hmm. right now, just to know I'm not it. And so I became, in that sense, a burden to myself, and I isolated myself because I wasn't opening myself to that relationship. And I realized later I probably was trying to partner my mother hmm. because we have an instinct that we, that, that we have to have a partnering love. And if the, the parents don't really partner each other, my, my dad was a good person. He just did, his, did the outside things, and he expected her to do the inside things. And... <clears throat> You know, and she was. Women aren't the same as men. <laughs> they <laughs> oh, no. need. Father they want relationships. Father Angela, the task, when you, you know? say, what's the definition of when you you're using the term partner? What do you mean by that? Well, that you're I, trying to partner well, your mother. Well, I'm taking it ultimately. I, yeah, the partner is is maybe not the uh, an adequate uh, term. I'm taking it because my dissertation was on the theology of the Holy Spirit and its relevance for evaluating psychotherapy. And so basically... Uh-oh. <coughs> um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what, what Richard of St. Victor said about God is that it, for love to be perfect, the recipient of the love has to be equal to the lover. Because otherwise the lover is going to be trying to give something to the other that the other can't fully receive. Mm-hmm. And they'll be un- dissatisfied. 
And isn't that what happens if if uh, married people really don't understand their partners, or they don't know how to receive them fully, or they don't listen when they when the other wants the relationship or whatever, you know? Right. They aren't giving that support. So if you don't, ha- I I originally thought that can't be right because God's love is unconditional, and so <clears throat> that's not unconditional because you don't pick just anybody to be your married partner, you know, or whatever. So I figured he was right. <laughs> and we do have to have a partner. And we do have to, because if you don't, you'll find you're trying to partner your children. And then you're drawing them into being what they can't be because they haven't received it either. So that becomes a problem in the marriages. Mm-hmm. So if the parents don't really, in that sense, um, fully receive the other and honor that and in a sense, move towards the fullness of the other person growing in their own truth, or that they use them for their own growth or whatever. Because, you know, when when Adam and Eve loved, they were loving more out of what they can get out of it rather than what they can give. Yeah. They were more like idols for each other. Because they were empty inside. Right. Yeah. And so what, what God wants us to do is to be regrounded in God so that we will be giving love and willing to sacrifice for the other. Mm. Whether we get something out of it or not immediately, but you'll get much out of it if you can do that, because then the love itself will grow in the family and and in your relationship with your partner, and everything will be made easier. Yes. You know, what you're saying here just reminds me of the toast my beloved late husband gave to me on our wedding day, at our reception and he said I love you not only because I need you but even more and much more I need you because I love you yes beautiful and that and I I need you to be all you can be right in Christ I love everything you can be right so father we just have a few seconds left and we're gonna go to a break now look forward to picking this up in a few minutes Thank okay, you. so uh, do, when people are they do they have a number they can call so that if they have any questions themselves they could no, call. They, no, For over they 25 don't. years, the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore has been proud to be a faithful provider of Catholic books, gifts, and devotional items. Holy Family is now your source for First Communion dresses. We have over 15 styles of First Communion dresses to choose from, and along with the veils, they are all in stock. For a special experience, personalized fittings are available by calling the store. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hi, I'm Father Nathan Caswell. I'm a member of the Canons Regular of St. John Cantius. Catholic Radio is important because it reaches so many people who otherwise would not be exposed to the Gospel. I love whenever I am driving and I get into the reach of WSFI. Every time I'm edified, I'm built up, there's something that happens and between the words that are said on the radio 
and the Holy Spirit working within me, there's this connection made and I'm always brought closer to God. It's so valuable. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back to Healing the Whole Person. You're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM. And again, I am your host today, Susie McGinn, and I'm uh, sitting in for our beloved Joan McHugh uh, today, who, uh, who hadn't heard earlier, uh, suffered a heart attack Monday night and is now in intensive care um, and cardiac intensive care. And um, we hope to, to welcome her back soon. So, Father, um, we're going to ask you, we have a, a three uh, re- prayer requests. If we could um, ask you just to pray for them uh, now, these three people, uh, before we go on with our marriage discussion. The first mm-hmm. one, of course, would be Joan McHugh. The second one is um, Tom Sherapada, who is having five-way bypass surgery today as this program is on at this moment. And then a woman who passed away, uh, a Lucy Kuzinski. So uh, if you would pray for those uh, three, Joan and Tom and Lucy. Thank you. Yes. Uh (coughs) So Lord, you know all of your children and you want us to be lifting up all your our brothers and sisters to you to be prayed for because the holy spirit works in the the family of all of the christians together so we united together we pray for joan and ask lord that you would bring healing to the wounds that came because of the heart attack so that uh, she could be restored to the work that you want for her to do, and we're thankful very much for her contributions to this program. And for Tom and for bypass surgery, that five five ways, wow. So, Lord, you, you are able to do many things, and you have gifted our surgeons to do that. We just ask that you bless the hospital, the staff, the surgeons that are going to be working with Tom and Tom himself and his family <clears throat> so that your healing can flow and bring... Uh, wholeness in body, soul, and spirit to Tom. And then Lucy, Lord, that she would be released from any remains of sins that might be there that would keep her from being fully (coughs) invited into your family, the family of those in heaven that are celebrating with you. May the Lord forgive her anything that remains to be forgiven. And by his authority, I extend that forgiveness in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 May she be at peace. Amen. Thank you, you, Father. Thank you very Mm -hmm. much. And again, uh, to you, our dear listeners, we're talking together today with Father Sears, Father Robert Sears, S.J., on the subject of the sacrament of marriage. Uh, 
So, uh, Father, uh, if you would uh, kindly pick it up where we we were talking about partnering and, and the importance yes, of, of pure love for <coughs> our spouse. That's a very important concept. Is it, I was calling it partnering, but then people say, well, is it more than partnering? It's actually being the other half of myself. <coughs> because God made us male and female, and uh, we're very different. So there are different books. One I, I kind of like is called The Hidden Keys of, of a Loving and Lasting Marriage by Gary Smalley. And uh, that goes into the differences between men and women and how they are really complementing each other. So if we, but they're not easy to uh, kind of correlate uh, <clears throat> because the men are task-oriented. They have a single, and this is biological as well as uh, spiritual and emotional, and uh, they have a, like a single-track mind, <clears throat> whereas women have a multi-track mind and are multi-dimensional because they grew up taking care of children instead of having to keep be aware of all the different ways that the children get into problems, et cetera. So they're focused on relationships uh, very much, and the combination of that is really what we need to be whole. So in the marriage, the partnering in that sense is, is really a complementarity. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing because they're very different. And so when people grow, you know, you have these problems now with homosexual relationships or the, the, the relationship, the homosexual relationship isn't the problem in itself. It's the sexualizing of it. You know, Jonathan mm-hmm. and David had a very intimate relationship and it was very helpful for both of them. So we, we need to grow in love, but the love needs to be God's love, which is a pure love and is self-giving. And it's not sexuality, it clearly is for procreation, or we wouldn't have it. And that's how the human race is propagated for you know, the futures. So, but <clears throat> there is a, a relationship of male and female that is really complementarity for each one to grow spiritually, because we can't really, as Carl Jung pointed out, we can't get to our counter-sexual unconscious. Men have a feminine side of themselves and women have a masculine side of themselves except in relationship with men and women and so that wholeness is what we need in some ways to bring to jesus so that each spouse is giving the other person to god not simply to themselves that would be idolatry but helping each other grow towards god that's why the prayer is so important that Mm -hmm. that in some way their relationship is itself a spiritual path and to really open to the other when the other is very different from oneself requires self-denial men don't like to listen to long things that don't seem to go anywhere women do they like to relate (laughs) (laughs) and and men find that a waste of time you know because they want to get to the task or get to the point and women say well they're they're so cold and they don't really you know, why don't they just sit down and hold my hand or something like that? You know, it's kind of like <clears throat> we have different personalities. So in order to really notice the beauty of that complementarity that, that uh, helps, brings out the gifts in both, uh, we have to let ourselves go. We have to learn from the other what they need. That's right. And you know, then respond to it. 
this this reminds me, Father, of a of a quote I always loved from uh, Saint John Paul II, and and uh, Christopher West writes in in the, his famous in theolo the theology of the body, and yeah, right. uh, he says that the Pope said. Uh, this is what Jesus did on the cross and what we must do as well. Give ourselves to each other totally, faithfully, freely, and fruitfully. And if you think Amen. of everything that was accomplished by Jesus, by his suffering and his death and his resurrection, this is what he did totally, faithfully, freely, and fruitfully. And this, you know, those same qualities we need to bring into our relationship with our spouse. That's beautiful. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, and and you can see why the prayer is so important that both people would be open to it. Now, it isn't always that way, and <clears throat> no, uh, oftentimes the one person gets ahead of the other one spiritually, and then uh, doesn't know what to do. And that's where that the person who is ahead spiritually needs to be supported. And so sometimes uh, they need to have a a partner, sometimes they need to be a spiritual director or somebody who's not going to turn it into a, a partnering love, but a, rather a love that's in God, but it's still uh, strengthening each other in their unconditional love for the third. You know? Father, I have a question for you. It's Angela. I was mm -hmm. speaking to someone who works on annulments in the Archdiocese mm -hmm. of Chicago. Yes. He said that he doesn't think any marriages lately are valid marriages because the partners have no idea. I don't know if it's a role model issue or uh, a mentoring, you know, mentoring or media or what I it is. I think it's maybe the idea of commitment. They have not been taught that that is the glue of marriage. They, you know, even though you don't know what lies ahead and on your wedding day you go forward blindly, mm -hmm. not really knowing what it's is in the future. You marry by faith. But you have a commitment mm -hmm. and you will Absolutely. live up to that. And, and you think that the when did, people are getting married? I don't think they realize They it. don't realize that. They, what are they thinking? They're going to have a way out? Is that what you mean? That they they're going in yes, and not fully committed. Yes, I think committed? a lot of people go into it these See, but, days. Well, I, I think it's important to realize we can't be faithful without God. That's wow. It. Not wow. not and be whole. So the problem isn't so much that they don't. I, I think they're entering marriage without realizing it's a divine call. That's right. True. That, right. that, because that's the difference between a Catholic view of marriage and, say, other denominations. You don't see marriage necessarily as a sacrament like that. But for Catholics, what is a sacrament? It's an outward sign instituted by At Christ, to, what? To, to give, give grace. grace. Right. Not just that the grace will be given so you can tolerate it or can move through it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. But that the relationship itself is a is is extending grace to the other that is it's extending god's love grace is a an embodiment of holy spirit so it's a, it's it's the, the created grace is the embodiment of the uncreated grace which is the holy spirit so basically all grace is is a part partnering with the holy spirit and if if the marriage isn't seen as doing that then it has to be converted within the marriage see that's what i mean
if one person gets ahead of the other one in the spiritual understanding of the the relationship, the other person is probably not going to change if you put any burden on them. We change oh, when we, we, we accept people just as they are. Yes. That's the way God accepts us. He loves us just as we are, and then we change. <laughs> but the person can't love them as they are unless the person who is getting ahead has a partner. Mm. Because you need partnering to love unconditionally. And so what they would do is partner one of the kids or something, you know? Right, or, right, right. You know, that's what I did. I tried to partner my mother when I was in the womb. Hmm. And that's what made me feel I was not good for anything because it wasn't working. <laughs> well, it, wa it wasn't God's plan for your life. It wasn't God's plan because children aren't supposed to be saving their parents. It's the other way around. Right. Well, how did that happen? Then because then they have to, I, I tell people, well, you have to have a divine partner. Jesus needs to be your partner. You have to realize that he'll be your husband if your husband can't really be with you or doesn't understand you fully or doesn't support your spiritual walk or whatever, you know? Yeah. In order to stay faithful, she'll need to have a partner. Jesus is the perfect spouse, of course, if you could do that. But I think Jesus even needs to be mediated by a human, but it's not the human doing it, but it's rather the human, you might say, willing to be supportive of the person and let God's Spirit work with this. Ultimately, this is a very complicated, or it can be very complicated, because the deep, the deep wound in every one of us is we didn't get the love we needed. Amen. Right. Again, uh, sin. again, uh, you're reminding me of something else that that came to my mind this week, and it was a, you know, Sister Breege McKenna, who has mm. that wonderful ministry to priests, and mm, but yeah. one of the her her famous sayings, which I have given to many uh, newly married couples, uh, she says, in Christian marriage, man promises woman, and woman promises man. What only God can do. Yeah. And that's that, right. And there's where the grace is, I that think. That is right. Yeah. And they have to find that out. And that's the, the reason why it, marriage is a spiritual walk, because all of our human walk is to restore us to what God intended for Adam and Eve before they sinned. Yeah. God never gets rid of his decisions, so he... He destined humans to be an extension of his love in creation. Mm -hmm. And he restored it through Jesus, but now the tree of life is the cross. There's mm -hmm. suffering involved, and that's where where people are buying into this, that there oughtn't to be suffering if there's love, you know? That's crazy, because Jesus told Sister Faustina that the more love, the more suffering. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. And you can see why. It's not the suffering as a bad thing. There's a suffering as union with Jesus who's taking on the sin of the world. And so the marriage that really is in Jesus is going to uh, be open to the suffering with Jesus and be willing to support people who are going through suffering so these people can reach out in compassion to other people that are beyond the family when their own children grow up, etc. You know? Right. Mm. They become a loving source for other people because that's the nature of God's love is it 
reaches out to all people. Father, have you ever heard the saying that the purpose of marriage is to help each other get to heaven? Yes. That I mean, I would say that's the purpose of human life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In other words, we're just here for a while. It's very short right. compared to eternity. And it's here to make a decision so we can get to heaven. So the way we get to heaven, of course, is to accept Jesus' forgiveness, because he's already forgiven everybody, everything. But the way to accept the forgiveness is to be like Jesus and to accept the suffering that he puts into our life in order to love other people. Otherwise, you're going to, you know, run away or try to get another person that loves you the way you want. You kind of need love. Well, that's why I'm so miserable at home to my husband, because he said I'm shortening his purgatory sentence. (laughs) He he started what? He said, said, well, so if the purpose that we got married is to help each other get to heaven, he said the Uh reason I'm so miserable to him is so that he could shorten his purgatory sentence. Oh, I see. You're you're helping him along. I'm helping him along. It's better on this earth than the last. he's helping you along, too, so it's difficult. It's a a codependency. I tell people that. You know, it's not to solve your problems. It's to trigger them. (laughs) (laughs) And it does. Jesus Jesus is the solution, you know, and Mary. So ultimately, I want to, before we end, is that I think that the ultimate healing for all marriages, is to get born again. Oh, that's just what I was going to say. Go wow. ahead, Father. <laughs> I want to hear what you're going to say. Wow. Well, because what we're doing when we grow up is to be like our biological parents. Mm-hmm. And even if we try to be different from them, we will become like them because we're doing the trying. So the only way that God can ultimately heal us, even the, 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 you know, the people in the Old Testament... The best of them messed up. David, look at him. Look at Solomon. You know, David, uh, after the Lord's heart. In fact, he's the ancestor of the king of Jesus, the son of David. He has Uriah killed and marries Bathsheba's. Adultery, terrible. And he recognized it as soon as God said, but God said with the... And he's forgiven because he, he he asked for forgiveness, but and God will forgive. He forgives everybody that we ask. Yeah, but he says the sword will never leave your family, and it didn't. So look at Solomon. He was very wise when he wrote Proverbs and all that, known for his wisdom, married 700 wives, had wow. 300 concubines, brought in foreign cults, brought in all sorts of things, which just destroyed the unity of the people and uh, they separated so his sons took one of them well it wasn't even a son that got the northern kingdoms ten tribes separated and they only had two two judas you know and then they fell into the exile so nobody in the old testament could be any savior and God said in Ezekiel 34, I myself will shepherd them. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. He gave us his son, who is, who is God himself, and he made Mary free from sin. And Mary didn't get a free ride either. She said in the womb, she told Louisa Picaretta, that in the womb she saw the evil that doing our will caused. 
and she made a decision where I made a decision not to be a burden, which just made it worse. She made a decision never to do anything that was apart from God's will. Wow. Mm. Oh, and and so I... what she said in, in the Annunciation was her whole life, she was always only mm. doing God's will. Right. The handmaid and of so, the Lord. Yeah. And right. so she's been given to us as the new Eve, who hasn't sinned, and the new Adam, of course, is Jesus and the Heavenly Father, because I've told you that, you know, when I realized I was going through these problems and everything, it was a deep pain, and I, I couldn't solve it myself. Then the Lord kind of showed me. I woke up and said, you know, Lord, you didn't, I didn't choose my parents, and they didn't choose me. They aren't my real mm-hmm. parents. And then I heard him say, don't call anybody father. You have one father in heaven. Yes. Uh, father, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. uh, is, this has been so interesting and I know uh, beneficial to many of our listeners. And I just want to ask you to give us your blessing before we close. Okay. If you would so be just so kind. Realize that Mary is also given to us as she is on the cross. Yes. So we need to grow up with them as our parents. And so I'll pray that for everybody that's listening to us, Lord, that you they would have the grace to open to the Heavenly Father and take the Father as their Father. We have to choose them or God can't give it what He always has wanted to give. And that will take Mary as their mother and their mother's mother and back through the generations because she's the new Eve for everybody. May the blessing of the Holy Family be with everybody in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and St. Joseph who is mediating the Father and the Holy Family May it be your Father, too. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. 8455 or visit us online at wsfiradio.org Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Play a part in mother